All right, welcome to yet another episode of The Underpaid and The Underqualified. I think we're, what, like 53, 54? No, somewhere in the the 50s. Yeah, just slurping on some soup, so in case you uh, hear the podcast randomly cut out, it probably spilled. (laughs) Um, Do you worry, do you, uh, when you work, do you have coffee in the morning? So coffee, actually, (laughs) I, I love the taste of it. But I don't need it to wake up. It's it's not going to start my day. And honestly, the less caffeine I take in the day, the better, or else I'm going to throw up. Damn, wow. It hits you that hard, the caffeine? Um, I think it hits me on the whole diuretic level more so than the I need it for caffeine waking up purposes. Ah, okay. I got you. Yeah, there's green tea, I guess, alternative. No, I was just going to say, you having your soup reminds me every single morning I go through like the final destination like panic like vision of like the coffee spilling all over this nice technology equipment and just ruining everything and then like being in the middle of like a zoom chat and then my screen just going but hasn't happened so far so progress yeah that's good it's always good not start your day and you throwing your coffee around and in a work meeting yeah exactly but uh yeah how's your day going joe all right, not too bad. Drink the soup that I bled over for, but hey, other than that, not too bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was like we ju- we just talked through this exact same thing about you mentioned that you bled over your soup, and then I made a joke, and then you explained how you bled over it. I'm like, are we gonna do this again? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I know well, I can actually no. There's a story behind it. A little bit more. I okay, I'll make my care. I'll make my joke first. We'll reenact this. Okay, you ready? Oh dear lord. All right. Oh, you bled over your soup? What was it, emo night? Were you listening to your emo songs? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it the first time either. Yeah, no, I didn't get it. I, really I don't know what's worse, you not replying to the joke at all or giving me the pity laugh. I'll go with not re- I think I hate the pity laugh worse, so. You flip a coin. Yeah, thanks for making it worse, Ja. Anyways, all right, your turn. <laughs> Tell me your soup story. Yeah, so I was cutting onions, and then I cut myself. It was kind of like a scrape, so it didn't seem like a deep kind of cut, right? It didn't look like it was gashing or anything, but it was bleeding um, consistently. Now, ah, this is probably going to be fine. I just slap on a Band-Aid. Continue cutting. And as I'm cutting, like, my celery now, I'm like, oh, that looks like a dirty red color on it. Fuck, that's blood. So I rinse off the celery. Try to... The next thing I do then is to just rip off my Band-Aid, take a piece of paper towel, and then duct tape it down and continue cooking. And then um, afterwards, I took it off. And I'm like, oh, it's still bleeding like a lot. I'll use a couple more Band-Aids. And I messaged my housemate, hey, when should I go see a doctor? So I sent him pictures. And he's like, uh, if, it, if it continues bleeding for another 20 minutes after applying a, a lot of pressure, then, yeah, you probably should see a doctor. Damn, what a trooper, man. And then, like, after four hours in total later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I should see a doctor now. And then, like, I had lectured last night. And so during lecture, uh, I made an appointment with urgent care. And I was like, all right, make an appointment. I just need to go see and get this taken care of. Next thing I know, I get a phone call saying, hey, would you like to come early and get this looked at? Cut out class. I messaged my professor. Hey, sorry, I had to cut out class. Had to go to the hospital to attend to a wound. She's like, oh, I hope you're okay. Anyways, so I go to the doctor. And I get it taken care of, get it looked at. And I'm like, yeah, I cut myself bleeding. And I'm like cracking jokes with like the hospital staff. And I'm like messaging my girlfriend. Hey, yeah, I'm totally fine. But then she's like worried every with like, as she has every right to. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like cracking jokes right now. It's probably fine. 
maybe a couple stitches. I don't know. I'm not worried. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I get in and then the doc, I was like, Hey, so what I need? And they're like, we're pretty much just going to apply this thing, which I call glue and you're done. Cool. Okay. $55 for them to basically apply glue. And that was pretty much it. So I was like, all right, cool. So yeah, but it wouldn't stop bleeding a lot. That was the most exciting story I've ever heard, Ja. You're welcome. Uh, I don't know. It could have been maybe a little bit. Maybe could have been a few more details could have been omitted. And you put like every single like part of the story. I did this. Then I did this. Then I did this. Like, but uh, glad you're I'm okay, building man. a world yeah. through my <laughs> words. <laughs> you should write this story. Make a blog about it. I would love to hear this. The tale put on online forever. Um, yeah. Well, that sucks. Uh, I think the closest thing I could say to that is. Um, you ever have a nail fall off? Wait, is this a hiking thing you told me about? Or the backpacking, backpacking thing? thing? Backpacking thing. Okay, uh, I'm getting a t different story from a different person mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever been backpacking in my life. No, because I have like, a friend of mine who, like, I think went on a backpacking trip and they backpacked so hard that a toenail fall off. Oh, no, that didn't happen. I was, like, a, I was a kid and uh, I was playing baseball and I was batting and then... This was the age when, like, you didn't actually have kids um, pitching. You had, like, adults or coaches doing it, and an adult was doing it, and then my the ball hit my hand, and then it just hit it, like, right on, uh, I think it was my thumb, and then the nail just, like, had a perimeter of blood around it and just, like, felt really bruised. And then slowly over time, it just fell off, <laughs> and I just, like, didn't have a nail on one finger. And looking back on it now, I can't imagine, like, what it looked like. I know it for sure happened, but I just it seems so weird, the concept of, like, a finger without a nail, you know? I'm more fascinated by the fact that they didn't have actual pitchers and they had adults pitching. No, that's what you do when you're like young, like, I don't know, when you're, I don't know, seven, eight, they usually have the uh, adults pitching just because, I don't know, kids are, they're so young, they're not going to pitch good, you know? Huh. I never really thought about that. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so surprised by that. I think that's the only position they do. I remember, oh man, I remember <laughs> I was a kid and there's this one total Karen bitch of a mom. I like I was uh, batting and uh, they they always have an adult like umpire, you know, like calling the whether ball or strike, et cetera. And I was up batting and uh, I like kind of half ass swung at this one, but I didn't really. It was I don't know. It was definitely a gray area. You know, it wasn't a full on swing, but I did definitely move a little bit. And the umpire called it a ball or like said I didn't uh, swing at all. And then I was like, all right, sweet, sweet. Works for me. Like he called it. It's all good. And this fucking bitch of a mom in the background was like, he swung, like, like selling me out, throwing me under the bus. And he's like, uh, oh, okay, strike. Like and he moved it because of her. Like you fucking bitch. Ugh. At that age, I probably just flipped her off. How old were you? Mm -hmm. uh, I was like seven or eight. Yeah, but, still flipped her know. off. No, at that age, like that's what, at least for me, that's what I was like, still actually like gave adults credibility. You know, I didn't realize they were just, they could be any jack off who just happened to not die for 21 years, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think I would just be really annoyed enough and just flip them off and then probably get my parents in trouble because of it. Well, that's where but we then differ, I, my Joe. parents would probably be okay with that. Well, that's where we differ, Joe. I was a good kid. I, I, I followed all the rules. Or I would I try. Know. One of the two. Did you? <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah. Given that age, I was really shy. I was a baby. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, uh, I used to... <laughs> I used to cry so much like in kindergarten, like first grade. And then like I, it got so bad, actually, like my teacher actually told me at one point to like, yeah, try to like try to like cry less on a weekly basis. Can we like try to man up a little bit? 
which uh, I don't know. I feel like would never be said nowadays because kids have to embrace their sensitivity. It feels like, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Then after, <laughs> yeah, then after a certain age, I just like now I I don't think I could cry. You know what I mean? Do you feel that way? I feel like I am this stage where it's like it has to be an extreme circumstance that I would cry, but otherwise I probably wouldn't. So yeah, I guess similar to you, what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know if I just like have slowly become a sociopath just from the process of not just being alive in the times we live. I don't know or what, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine what situation would make me cry. And that's not even like trying to like brag about it. Like, I, I don't know if I see a movie that's like, like hits me on a hard enough note, I'll happily cry for it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just emotionless robots, I guess, Joe. There was definitely a phase in college where I was like, you know what? I will never cry. I am so, so hardcore. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I know I totally teared up during that movie or scene. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I do it too. I do this thing where it's like I kind of just get slightly redder in the face and look like I'm laughing and like have a like really like hard smile that I can't turn away if like there's a really inspirational movie and shit. And uh, I always <laughs> I always tell my girlfriend like when it's happening and then she says I don't look any different at all. So me, even me at my most emotional crying moment doesn't even look like I'm crying. So there you go. Wait, so like even like you just kind of have like this big, big ass grin and you don't really cry or something like that. So it doesn't, or it doesn't seem like it looks like you're crying. So then people are like, you don't look like you're crying. Yeah. I just like, I feel like I'm crying. Like I'll think to myself, Oh God, this is embarrassing. I can't have somebody see me. And then apparently I'll have people see me and then I'll just look exactly the same. So, <laughs> I mean, I definitely have moments where it's like, I do get like super excited about something and I do tear up, which then I think, I mean, if you want, you can consider that as crying. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, crying is, there's degrees to crying. It's funny. I didn't think we'd be talking about crying within the first five minutes of the podcast. It's okay to share your feelings. This is a safe space. Well, we're learning that we don't have any because we never cry. But uh, I think the most I ever cried was, uh, or the most recent I cried was Creed 2, the movie, Michael B. Jordan. Really? Okay. Dude, Thanksgiving Day 2018, it came out. I was like in the theater. That was the like the most emotion I ever felt. And then immediately coming home, because I, I grew up with the Rocky movies, obviously, and like seeing like that story, like put in such an emotional place with like a well-made movie behind it was like, I don't know, I was a sucker for it. And then like even coming home after the movie, I just told my dad about the events and I was having a hard time, like not like choking up and like having my voice like, <laughs> like sound like that when I was bringing it up. So I don't know. That's probably the last time for me. I can't remember when was the last time I teared up for a movie. Actually, I'm trying to think. I do know for one of the greatest damn movies ever to exist, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Yeah, you really love that movie. You yeah, cried during that. Uh, I definitely did tear up out of sheer joy and excitement because that was basically the Dragon Ball movie that we've been waiting for for like basically the entire inception of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, a lot of people have been. A lot of people were happy with it. Yeah, I can see that. You know, <laughs> I wasn't. It's funny. Were you? I I feel like our pattern is usually i love stuff and you're just like meh but it's totally reversed in this case no yeah no literally just because this is like because for a lot of people like pokemon has made a major splash right so people really love it and even though pokemon was a major part of my life and i teared up as a small child five six years old watching the first pokemon movie um for this it was like this was like the summation of like my childhood right here where the perfect movie that I've been waiting for, finally watching it live. And I was it IMAX? I don't remember, whatever. But um that was the reason why I was like, I teared up, I'm buying this DVD, I don't care. This should win every damn award known to man. 
yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I don't know. I could kind of, yeah, I can kind of see that. At least for me, I felt like I was more satisfied with the series Dragon Ball Super. Like, I feel like the whole Jiren saga, like what the big fight that happened with Jiren, I actually do kind of cry during that a little bit. Like, not cry, but, you know, cry for us. Like, like I don't know, get a little more, like, choked up maybe. But, uh, yeah, I got way more into that, and I think that was a way better story. Like, to me, the problem with Broly is that, like, it was good, and it was fine. I don't really have any complaints, but it was a little too fan servicey. It was just, like, let's add this flashy character. Let's add this flashy character that fans have always wanted, but, like, not necessarily for the sake of the story, just because they, like, were like, all right, let's make a bunch of money, and, like, let's get in all these characters that people like. That's kind of how I felt about it, you know? They literally only added, like, one character, though. Gogeta, Broly. Oh, okay, never mind. They added Paragus. two characters. Three, Paragus, okay. Bardock. <laughs> all these characters yeah and then goku's mom oh okay so three characters <laughs> now I've, said at least five, I've said at least five so far broly uh gogeta paragus Bardock, at this point i literally Kine. only jumped to like the um what you call it the the fight scene so like when broly gets off to the ship gets off the ship and mm-hmm. in the ice place that's literally where i start the movie from now on. i'm gonna watch any of the beginning stuff um no but you're right they definitely so to so very much of it was very fan servicey, and so what I really liked about it was like they officially canonized like two different things: one Broly, um, because I was never considered canon, and two the uh, Goku's mom, which was initially I think a fan. I, mean, I forgot the exact history behind it, but just seeing all that and like there to me it was like they're finally listening to the fans, which is why I was so happy, which which is why I was so psyched, and why I think this movie is like the most amazing damn thing ever yeah well i remember there was like a comic it's i think it's i forget what it's called it's like dragon ball minus or something that told that exact story with bardock and uh goku's mom jine mm-hmm. uh, i think that's her name yeah so technically that was supposed to be canon because apparently toriyama did it but <laughs> it's funny i actually didn't like the origin like i thought the origin story and broly watching it it was entertaining and like well done and i actually do like that part of the movie but i uh didn't like like, do you remember the original Bardock origin yes. that they made? Yeah, I like that one way better. I think that one's a way more interesting story. Like, this one, Bardock kind of seems like a nice guy. I like the whole Bardock's, like, an asshole who doesn't really care about his son, and then he, like, stumbles upon this, like, power that someone gives him to see the future and see the end of, like, the planet. Like, I like that way more. So, in a weird way, I don't know. I kind of – I see what you're saying, that it's, like, good to, like, uh, like give the fans what they want a little bit, do some fan service, but – you know, in a weird way, I kind of <laughs> totally like if I could have had my way and it like a uh, like the creators of the movie said, OK, we're going to make a movie, but it can either be like fan servicey or we can do something totally original that is based on like what we want and not what the fans want. I probably would have told them they should go with that one <laughs> and not do the fan service route, you know. For me, it's um, I feel like they've already tried that where they did what they wanted and every Dragon Ball movie has always been kind of lackluster. You see, it, it almost became formulaic where every hero gets destroyed, the team gets wrecked. Are you crazy? That live action movie is amazing. <laughs> and so moving on from that topic, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so it's like, it's always the same formula. And then Goku somehow miraculously gets a, a power boost, whether it be everybody combining their chi together or uh, Goku unleashes like a new technique like Dragon Fist and uh, Lord Slug it so it becomes that it doesn't become as funny anymore and the final fights are kind of like what is going on whereas this is you basically have what was it like 20 40 minutes i forget of like straight action 
That's true. I thought we had a lot of action. Well, I, I don't need it to be in a movie form. I'm totally like, if anything, I probably would prefer them just like if they never did a movie, I'd be totally okay with that. Just do like the series. I'd be, yeah, I'd be 100% on board with that because I thought the fight with uh, Jiren at the end was really good. No, I, I do not disagree with the fight at the end of Jiren was bad at all. I, I think that was one of the best fight scenes. Like that can be up there. Uh, the Cell Saga, like ending fight, if you cut out all the talking, was good. You throw in the. Um, Frieza, I think if you boil it down. If you're, so if you're just talking fighting. about strictly this TV series, right? Yeah. I think number one would be uh, Majin Vegeta versus Goku. Yeah, that one's pretty good. That has like, there's one scene in particular that has like the best animation, I think, in like all of the series. Oh, you mean that specific fight? Yeah. Yeah. There's so like, think... yeah, because it drags over like five episodes. So you see different animations, but there's one specific panel where it's just like fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So like that, that to me is number one in terms of like the, tv series but i mean that's the thing is that what dragon ball has what 15 movies that came out and they're all like i watched it because i love dragon ball not because i like the movie yeah unless you're 10 or something and yeah i don't know yeah i just i i really don't need the movie i really don't care about the movies i like i like some of the movies more than others but yeah the series is what does it for me but uh, no, and yeah. i, I hope I hope the few people that listening are fans of Dragon Ball or else everybody else is not going to know what we're talking about going 10 minutes into this. But I'm just saying, that was like, I never buy Japanese figurines because like a lot of people who are into anime, they may buy like Naruto, One Piece, or like all these different um, uh, anime girl like model figurines, right? Yeah. My first ever anime figurines that I've gotten, at least to my knowledge, at least, is Dragon Ball winning at round one. And I proceeded to buy the complimentary statue with it on eBay. I don't think many people know what round one is because I don't, at least. <laughs> oh, okay. So think of like Dave and Buster's, but Asian. And so it's like, ah. it's, you got food, you got games, you got like arcade games to win prizes. You got bowling, karaoke, pool tables, and ping pong tables. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'll be nice. Hopefully that opens up back soon. Yeah, right. no, there was one in Hayward actually pretty close to us. Oh, damn. Yeah. I've been around Hayward. I might have passed by. I don't know. Dave and Buster's is fun. I've been there a few times. It opened up within the last, like, one year before COVID kind of happened kind of thing. Ah, gotcha. So it was very recent. So you might have missed it because, like, it was really recent then pandemic. Yeah, probably. Fuck you, COVID. Dave Dave and Buster just makes me think of air hockey. Yeah, They got special tables. It's like you can play four at one time. And, like, I feel like, dude, I could spend just, like, four or five hours playing air hockey. and I'd be totally fine. Uh, air hockey is definitely fun yeah good times the simplest games are sometimes the best games I feel that way about tetris too but uh tv i feel like we should talk about tv what we've we been watching you've been uh you've watched wandavision i so because like i've heard mixed reviews in the beginning and now i'm hearing solid reviews now for me it's okay sure i'll definitely give it a shot but i'm gonna wait till it all comes out okay so you're waiting till so you haven't seen any a single episode yet? Not a single episode, but I do know a couple of spoilers because of memes. Yeah, nah, it's hard to avoid spoilers. I feel like if you just follow like any internet like site, like inter- any like how do I phrase this? Any like Looper or like I don't know fan- uh, fandom entertainment, they're gonna post spoilers about it. You know. Well, the thing is that like I don't mind spoilers for this one just because I feel like I need to be motivated to actually like WandaVision because Wanda and Vision in the entire MCU was very. I feel like the movie could have progressed without them. Oh, that's like, interesting. Well, they I feel didn't like make they much need, of a splash to me. You need them for uh, the whole 
like Infinity War climax, I think. Well, no, no, you need that. But then, like, I don't know. It just never felt very compelling for me to care. Yeah. So that's why, like, this TV show is very hard for me to get into even before. And seeing the trailer making no sense. And then seeing, like, the first two episodes or hearing the first two episodes were extremely slow burn. Yeah. I, like, dude. my interest for it was very non-existent. I'd say it was pretty interesting because it's the first Marvel show and I don't know, just wondering what the format of that's going to be like was kind of interesting, but uh, and I think it appealed to me too because it wasn't your typical, like it didn't just look like a, another Captain America movie or Thor movie like made into a TV show because it had the whole like weird sitcom thing to it. That definitely appealed me, but man, every I almost every single episode I've like left feeling just like underwhelmed and like, oh, that's it, like like there's nothing more like it's already over i have to wait another week for like something to happen because me and my girlfriend talk a lot about this and i think we have the same opinion like every time we watch it but it just this will be a little bit of a a little bit of a spoiler but uh episode one you know it's all like i love lucy style 50s episode two is like bewitched 60s 70s brady bunch for the third one and it's kind of every episode like follows that formula but it becomes kind of formulaic at that point. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you're in for, you know, like, so it's like when you're around episode three, it's like, well, I already know episode four is going to be seventies or eighties. Episode five is going to be nineties. Episode six, two thousands, you know? And I don't know. I find TV a lot less enjoyable when I already know what's coming. You know, you feel that? Yeah. So definitely I feel like it depends on the kind of series. So if it's a, uh, a thriller or suspense show and I know that what's going to happen. So blacklist, um, blacklist and what's another show can't think of it anymore but when it becomes like predictable then i completely lose interest and i drop the show yeah like walking dead did you watch that that was just slow burn every up every season <laughs> i think it was predictable too it was almost like a beat you could tell like if there was a silence for five seconds then a zombie was going to come out of nowhere and somebody was almost going to get bitten and then five out of ten five out of six times they don't get bitten but there's always that one out of six times they do and then that character's dead you know yeah, I can see that. So, I, I mean, if it's something that, like, I, I don't mind rotting my brain for, then sure, I'll watch it, right? So, like, action movies. It can be the shittiest plot ever, but as long as there's good enough explosions and good enough fight scenes, I don't care. Yeah. But if it's something like suspense, then, yeah, I would care. For WandaVision, I think there's definitely going for, like, the whole, oh, everyone likes the 80s thing? All right, let me hit every era and be a little bit different in that sense and try to hit every nostalgic chord I can. Yeah, I think it might appeal to like maybe like if you're like a theater actor, you know, somebody who like really gets off on the like the time periods and doing period pieces and like the costumes and the like extravagant accents, you know, that type of thing. I feel like this show might appeal to that type of crowd more. But I think for like if they would have just like like here's one example, like first episode, second episode. Like, instead of it being entirely, like, one decade, you know, like, episode one being all 50s, episode two being all 60s, why don't you do, like, like flash between decades, you know what I mean? Like, one scene, Wanda and Vision look like they're in the 50s, then you blink or you, like, you change the scene and now it's the 80s and then you flash another scene and then now it's the 2000s, you know, like, mix it together. Like, that could be, like, more interesting to me, you know? I can see that as being constant variety in an episode to get it more sporadic. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's like, I think a good example of a show that uh, does the exact opposite of what you're talking about is The Good Place. Did you ever watch that? I heard about it. No. I might have told it to you before, but that's a good example of a show where, like, 
you think you kind of like know what the next five episodes are going to be like they keep setting new precedents you're like okay well based on this like plot update then the next six episodes are going to be all about this but then two episodes later they completely flip the script and then it's now it's totally different so you really never know what you're like getting for the first couple seasons at least so that's what that's what i'm a lot more into personally but yeah I don't know. That's that's actually a, a fear that I do have where a lot of TV shows they start out really strong because oh designated survivor was another one that I dropped. But um where like the first season is very what's the twist? Well, I want to know. And then they finally reveal the twist and then because I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. And then when you watch the new season, it's like, oh. Well, you lo- we lost that charm now. I don't know yeah. what else we're going to go with. Yeah. It's hard to, I, I feel like it's funny. A lot of shows I watch, I feel like do the opposite where the first season is not that great, but then they kind of find their voice the second and third seasons. But that might apply more to comedies, I guess. I think that's more comedies. Yeah. Uh, somebody brought up, somebody brought up that the, uh, like there's rarely like a good first episode of a comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had to think about it. I'm like, yeah, it's probably true. Just cause like a lot of comedy takes, like, it depends on uh, like knowing the characters and having the inside jokes built up, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the office nobody like cites that as like one of the best like first episodes you know no actually one of the first few episodes of office turned me off like i had to muscle through it to really get through the office and finally get to the good stuff yeah did you ever watch the british version no oh, i heard that's much drier <laughs> yeah i i thought it was okay though i feel like i got into it because like I think the Jim Pam dynamic, like as a, if you're a dude who's ever been in that situation, it's easy to kind of vicariously put yourself in that. That's kind of like the gateway drug foot in the door to get into the rest of the show. You know, that's kind of how I felt with it. And they do that same dynamic with uh, the British version. Although, do you know, uh, do you remember, uh, God, what's his name? Martin Freeman. Who's Martin Freeman? He, uh, remember Sherlock? Yes. Uh, Watson. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, guy wait, in, in the show? yeah, he plays uh British Jim. <laughs> okay, I did not. Okay, I think I might have seen that. Not 100% sure. Yeah, he has longer hair. He looks uh, I don't know, a little bit younger, but yeah, it's kind of weird. So it's funny that Martin Freeman was the original Jim, basically. Like, how many people know that, you know? I'm thinking it was enough Frodo, but like the other Hobbit. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. They got yeah, I know. Bobo Baggins. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's all I remember. He was in Black Panther too. Yeah, he's like the agent or something like that. Yeah, he's in the Marvel movies. But yeah. uh yeah. You been watching anything else lately? Anime. <laughs> this is us <laughs> in anime. This is us still. Jeez, how many fucking seasons do they have of that show? They're all on season five. I feel like oh God. <laughs> I was thinking the other day, like a show like The Crown. I just wonder how many seasons of that show do they have to make for me to for them to realize I don't. Is the Queen fuck. dead? Exactly. It's just like The Crown. This is us. Those those it's Shameless. Those are like three shows that I feel like just have never ended. Shameless more so. That one has at least like ten seasons, so that's justified. But I feel like I'm always hearing about This Is Us and The Crown. Yeah. Until the Queen is dead, then it's fine. There's they're probably going to keep having show. Uh, episodes they should make it like a uh, tarantino movie you know like when he did in glorious bastards and the third act is just like total fiction hitler dies in a movie theater just do a twist season six or whatever they're on make it totally fictional i mean i don't know enough about the crime i know my girlfriend is enjoys it or watches it 
So she's a little bit more familiar with it. I just know it's about British royalty. And they talked about Princess Diana at one point, and that was about it. Yeah. Uh, that's the second time you plugged your girlfriend, Joe. Do you want to make a big announcement? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm no, wait, I think I already did make an announcement. Go more in depth. Go do a tell all. Oh. Say every obscure detail about your guys' relationship. How you're feeling? What's uh what's your routine? How long you guys been dating? Everything, Ja. Lay it all on the line. I like her. That's cute. How long you guys been dating though? November? Yeah, November. Okay. That's solid. Nice. That's funny. That's uh, about when me and Christine started. That was the month. Yeah, the month we became official. Ooh, cute, cute. I know. That's a good time to do it too, I think, because uh, you know, it's right around the holidays. Did you feel that too? Like Thanksgiving and Christmas? I thought it was good timing. Um, I mean, like in terms of holidays, I really didn't really like was on my mind. It was more just like I'm interested in this girl. Sweet. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And you didn't have to do coffee meets bagel anymore. Yeah, fuck that up. <laughs> Did you have <laughs> you didn't enjoy your time there? Yeah, fuck that up. It's funny. Uh, every one of my friends like uh, like only swears by one app you know what i mean like i have a friend that only swears by coffee meets bagel one that only swears by bumble i always found tinder to be the best personally but yeah hey that's how you and christine met it's true throwing it all on the line i feel like you should say your girlfriend's name because you just threw mine under the bus <laughs> and said uh, her name <laughs> hi val anyways valerie okay she got a good letter for her first name I so she's she's definitely going to be listening to this so she'll be i i think she might be happy about that shout out i don't know we'll see <laughs> She's the one podcast listener that I always see on her listens. She's one of the two, at least from my end. Sweet. The other one's probably me when I'm bored. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Been... Uh, huh? Go ahead. Oh, uh, you can go. No, no, go ahead. All right. I've been listening. I was just going to say, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, like just because so many more have emerged. And I realized, I think the style of podcast I'm most into is you could just have two friends shooting the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. I think yeah. that's definitely your style because it's more lax. It's more conversational. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like always listen to like crime drama stuff like serial or like, a, I don't know, like Ted talk kind of podcast. No, nah, not me. I just need like two preferably comedians like talking, shooting the shit and I'm good. And so crime drama stuff has definitely been popular. Um, I mean, for me, like the only podcast that I ever really listened to is like comic book based. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's that's another funny story I can bring up. Do you remember <laughs> you told me something about like I think it was WandaVision or I don't know some Marvel thing and you said your favorite uh podcast summarized it perfectly and then I was like, "Oh cool, yeah, uh, send me a link cuz like you said it's your favorite podcast so I'm like, it must be accessible or easy." And then you're like, "I'm going to have to look into this." And then I'm like, "Well, if you have to look into it, you don't have to do it. I don't want you to like have to do work." And then like a week later, you're like, I've tried to find it. I can't find it. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't want you to do work. I thought this would just be like easy to find if it's your favorite podcast. Yeah. So it's, it's, so the guy that I like to listen to, what happens is that like, he has a lot of projects going on. And so the one that I listened to was a, a collab with another friend of his. And so they have it on like a separate YouTube channel from his actual one, but it's on their Patreon. Um, mm. For people who don't really know what that is, it's basically a subscription thing for content uh, creators to have for uh, to generate revenue directly. And so he posted on there and then I had a hard time finding it. And initially they said, yeah, no, it's really boring. But then later on, uh, watching like a updated version, they're like, yeah, no, actually, like I'm really enjoying this now. 
All right. Yeah. Okay. If it's on the Patriot, I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's on like the other guy's channel, but I don't follow the other guy. Ah, okay. Well, if I ever ask you a favor, it's under the assumption that it's not a lot of work because that's, I'm sorry. I failed you, Vince. I don't like making work for my friends. Yeah. It's okay. You did fail me, but not in this way and almost every other way, but it's okay. Nice. Take all in right. all that. Take in all that dead air. <laughs> That's really good all for right, a bone. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is really good. One person <laughs> eating. <laughs> I think I've done it before, though, so it's all right. Professionalism, because that's what we're all about. All right. So while you're stuffing your face, I guess I'll introduce the topic. Um, yeah. So um, I don't know. I was just thinking of randomly the other day about unpopular opinions. Anytime I play a drinking game. Um, where you have to make a rule. Uh, the, one of my favorite rules to make is every time you drink, you have to say an unpopular opinion. And uh, I don't know. I feel like those are always very good conversation fodder. And this just shows how organized we are. I can't totally remember if we actually did unpopular opinions as a previous topic. I think we might've. So didn't want to exactly do that, but wanted to more so say like, what's your I'll die on this hill opinion. You know what I mean? Like, an unpopular opinion that isn't just like a shallow, like, oh, I don't like Sopranos or like oh, Breaking Bad wasn't that good. But like, what's an opinion that you can actually like have a good night turn awkward because somebody brings it up and then you're willing to just get really just like in the argument and not back down. And then it gets heated between people. You know, what's what's that opinion for you? Something like that. Was that your understanding of the topic, Joe? Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> god damn lost my voice um yeah so me and jar are gonna both talk about ours um i only prepared one just and was hoping to rant off that for a long time how many you got you said like one bullshit one and one real one yes all right <laughs> do you want to ease into the topic with the bullshit one dubbed is better than subbed don't at me <laughs> all right is that oh, it? i was hoping that you'd like make fun of that Anyways, um, well, I was just thinking that's the exact same thing we talked about last week. Kind of. <laughs> um, all right. For all you people who believe that subbed is better. I'm too lazy to read. Screw you guys. If it could be dubbed for me so I don't have to strain my eyes and pay attention to the actual content, then I will. All right. I'm about to approve you're a hypocrite, Joe. You ready? Yes. You When you watch Dark, you complained about the dubbing. You said the dubbing was awful. Yes. <laughs> this seems like a bit of a contradiction, if yes. I might imply. Are you admitting your contradiction, Ja? Yes. Defense rest or the the offense. What do you call that in <laughs> in, in court? Instead of the uh, yeah, I think what you said was right, like the defense rest or something like that. But you're the defense. I'm the one coming at you. The... I have a friend. I have a friend who just graduated the bar or uh, law school and passed the bar. I'll ask him sometime <laughs> that we can edit that moment in so I can get it correctly. Um, that was bugging me. The opposition? That doesn't sound right, though. You know what I mean? They never say the offense. That just sounds well, like no, the game. opposition. That doesn't sound right, though. I never I, I, I grew up with my parents watching Law & Order every fucking 8 p.m. weeknight for like 20 years, uh, maybe 15. I don't know. And I feel like I've never heard the opposition rest. Yeah, no, the uh, I, I watch Law & Order a lot with my mom, and I'm like, I am a dishonor, shame, child for not remembering right now what's actually called. 
I thought you were going to say for not going to law school. Well, actually, I did want to go to law school. You did? Did. Didn't go. What age? Like freshman year of college, senior year of high school. Damn, really? Like you saw like the life of a lawyer and you thought it'd be fun or you just like saw the paycheck of a lawyer and thought that'd be nice? Oh, I, I wanted to be an environmental lawyer. Oh, okay. All right. I could see that for you because you're into that stuff. Yeah, so I wanted to do that. Took a practice LSAT. Realized that I was going to fail and like the LSAT was really hard. And gave up. Yeah, I had a friend. <laughs> My friend who passed the the bar recently looked like he was losing his mind up till the thing, and he's doing his job right now. And every time he talks about the job, he really seems unhappy. But that could largely be because you know COVID timing and like having to do it in like a, a smaller SF apartment could be pretty stressful, you know. Yeah, like looking into it more and seeing the actual work that it involves and how much like hours you put it in, it's really not worth it in my opinion. Yeah, I've rarely heard lawyers who like seem to really enjoy it or like people who have like done the field, you know what I mean? There's a there's always that person, you know. But um yeah, for the most part it's always people who are like like go to law school, pass the bar and they're like I don't want to do this. <laughs> but and you have so much like debt too, like it's like you really have to commit with it if you actually want to like break even and make money, you know. The best I think is a patent lawyer. A patent lawyer like on like you businesses yeah, you like for engineers or businesses, you literally just file patents and then you sue the people and that's about it. Like, even if it gets to that. Hmm. Yeah, that seems very, I don't know. I, I would hate to be part of that though. That's such a like kind of spineless profession. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this wasn't patented. We patented it. It's all good. Ha <laughs> fuck you, you know? Yeah, or you just file the patents for the people. That's it. Yeah. Like you could be simply as that. Just file the paperwork, get paid like, the fat commission and you're done. Yeah, but it's not like a fun thing to support you. And it's very like either you're like trying to get like a copyright loophole that can make you a bunch of money and like make money off someone else that's not right, or you're defending yourself. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about it, but did you, you watch Silicon Valley, right? Uh part of season one. Yeah. There's a lot of like lawsuits late like later in the show that they show of like like there's one episode where uh you know, the premise is like, there's this big kind of like site, the big company that he works for. And then he like leaves and refuses to sell the company to them when they offer to buy it uh, for him. He makes his own thing and the, his former employer wants to buy it for him. But then he's like, no, I'm going to make my own company. And then they're kind of like butting heads, right? You know, that premise, right? Yes. Yeah. So then there's one point in the show where they try to, uh, the, his former employer tries to legally say that he owns the company because, uh, the main character used like com the company computers while he developed the product. You know what I mean? You know, a lot of tech companies actually do have that policy. Yeah. I mean, but that's like, bu that's bullshit. You know what I mean? I mean, to an extent, like if you're just using a laptop, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends. I don't know. I've never built an app, but I think that's like one of those slimy legal technicalities that can fuck people over, which I hate, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, like you should never do that. Like just in practice of using company computer to develop your own side projects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still, but I mean, okay. Legally, I understand why it's a thing and it, to and it makes sense, I guess it, from that perspective, but we can admit like morally it sucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not right. So that kind of shit. I, I don't know. I would hate to be a lawyer who actually like does that, like makes people lose money on technicalities like that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I'm a good person, but um, I guess this actually transitions nicely 
<laughs> into uh, the other topic um, that I was going to bring up. My, like, I'll die on this whole opinion. What um, is it, Vince? Well, I also <laughs> just want to point out that you're dubbed or subtopic. I think that ran for a solid, like, 30 seconds. In this and that podcast. is why it's called the BS one. <laughs> and the exact same thing plagiarized from last week that we talked about. <laughs> is it plagiarism when you plagiarize yourself? Funny. Okay. Fun fact, actually. Uh, do you know Creedence Clearwater Revival? Mm, that sounds familiar. Uh, do you know the song um, Fortunate Son? I'll play that it sounds very quick. familiar. Hold up. I'll pull it up. Just going to do some banter while I'm pulling this up. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, the singer of that song was sued. I don't know by who, his record label or whatever, for plagiarizing himself. So it is possible. That's really okay. He did. He won the lawsuit, so they didn't like actually get money from him for plagiarizing himself. But all right, you ready? Here's a song. Oh yeah, it's like the song that they always play for every like Vietnam flashback. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that or uh, "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones. Have you okay. heard that one? Um, probably another one of those things where it's like if you play it, I'll know it. All right, let's put that to the test. Just gonna filibuster, yada 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 yada. All right, you ready, Joe? Yes. Oh, this is less familiar. I'll skip ahead. No, no. All right. Now we owe a lot of royalties to the Rolling Stones and Creedence Clearwater Revival. I think as long as we talk about it, we're fine. I know. So <laughs> I'm not familiar with that, but definitely the other one is like the one that's always used in every Vietnam flashback. Like, yeah, no, that's know. totally true. Yeah. I think it's a good song. I like it. No, I, like I don't the- think it's a bad song. I just, you, you would associate with that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I like the song a lot though on its own. Like, even if I hadn't known about that, I just think it's a good song, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so what Anyways, topic, Vince? My topic. Um, yeah. So uh, this actually fits into the legalities and things like that. So um, music piracy. I'd say that's a, that was a pretty rampant, ongoing thing in the world that's been ever since Napster started. Would you agree, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's a little less so rampant now because of streaming stream i think most i don't know i'd be very curious to see like a breakdown of how many people use spotify versus like torrents where they just pirate stuff you know but it is less so now yeah yeah but um yeah around 2001 uh like i said that program napster came out and it was a brand new you know way to get music basically just by straight up you know downloading it and sometimes the quality wasn't great and sometimes it was okay, but uh, there was always super long file names and always that risk of getting a virus on your computer, but it was free and technically kind of stealing, you could kind of say, because it pretty much was because you're not paying for it. Um, and, you know, artists reacted differently to it. Um, some actually surprisingly liked it. They thought it was kind of cool that music could be like this hippie, like, hey, just, it's for free, man, take it. Like, we can all access music, you know, and then some artists didn't like it and you know, the, probably the most famous artist being, who would you guess, Ja? Beyonce. You know, actually, uh, Dr. Dre 
<laughs> was pretty famous. That's what I thought you were gonna say, but I have no idea if you. I don't think Beyonce gave a fuck. Um, was she probably she's probably like still young by that time, right? It was like Destiny's Child or some shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So Metallica was the biggest art. I think the most famous artist to really take a stand on it and basically say like we're not cool with this. We don't support it. We like want control over Metallica's music. This shouldn't be happening. They try to get ahead of it. Um, so they. Uh, sought legal action after Napster, as everyone probably knows by this point, unless you're really young, which I don't think is our audience by any means. Um, what do you think? Probably fetuses at that point. Uh, I don't know. What you, I mean, I don't think that anyone that young listens to this of the five people. What do you think? No, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so Metallica sought legal action, and um, a lot of people reacted. A lot of Metallica fans like stopped being Metallica fans essentially, and uh, were really angry at the band and thought they were just greedy rock stars, and thought that was them, you know, saying uh, we care more about our money, we don't care about our fans, like we care about every single dollar. I don't know whatever greedy stereotype you can say about them, and fans were pissed about it. But um, I don't think that's the case, and I can say my reasoning shortly but to uh interject it so i'm not talking the whole time what do you think about music piracy do you have any opinions Joe? or just like would you be annoyed if a band like metallica did this essentially i mean i wouldn't be upset at all i think they have every right to with that said i was poor as fucking i asked my friend to like torrent music for me because i didn't have internet in my house but i mean at the end of the day they mean it's it's their property it's their rights to retain that information if they want to um sell it it's it's absolutely their right that's america that's capitalism that's how it is um it just sucks but that's about it yeah i think no so i totally i agree with that i think the thing that bothers me is just that everybody sees them as greedy you know what i mean and it was like a matter of like oh they just want every last dollar they can get but if you do a little bit of digging, that really wasn't the case. Like the whole idea was about control over like ownership of like Metallica's like music, how it should be distributed, et cetera. Cause I don't know if you know the story, but basically they were writing a song for like Mission Impossible, one of the Mission Impossible movies, like the soundtrack. And before they had even finished the song, like actually like completed it and like made the recorded version, it was on Napster and people had heard it before. So it leaked early. Some, I don't know, some leak in the studio happened. So if you want to debut a new song, it's a real bummer when other people see it. You know what I mean? Or like if a movie's coming out and like plot spoilers come out before the movie's actually released, the directors and producers and executives hate it. Like, I don't know. It's not it's like you if you were an artist, you'd be annoyed by that, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, so essentially it was all about control. It was like trying to prevent things like that and just, the somehow people always look past that fact and they just wanted essentially i think if you dangle this like new loophole that people can get music for free and not be arrested for it, not be like charging a crime for it i think a lot of people are just like selfish and like think that now it's their right to get it and then because a band's trying to take it away they'll look at every negative like viewpoint that they can have oh the band's just greedy now i can't have music the way that's so easy for me like fuck them i hate them you know etc but it really bugs me that they've like been seen as like the greedy like cash grabbers for that. And I think that stereotype has kind of not gone away from them. Like I think they still kind of have it. And as a big Metallica fan, it bothers me. I think a little bit that people somehow never like some people to this day like don't like that band because of that. So I don't know. Bothers me. And um, yeah, that's my opinion that I'd support 
what they did and I think it's right. And if I was an artist, I would want the ownership and control to do what I want with the music. And it's not a matter of like the streaming, like it wasn't there. They were like protesting like this new technology. It's like, they were just like saying we want the control and ownership of our music and it shouldn't be, you know, I don't know, like our unreleased shit shouldn't be coming out. So that's what bothers me. I mean, people are basically just butthurt because they just can't get shit for free. That's basically yeah. it. No, yeah, it's really the TLDR version. I agree with you, Vince. You know what? I'd stand by you on this hill. <laughs> Sweet. There's room for two, Joe. You can come on. Um, but uh, yeah, you know the other thing that bugs me. Are you a Foo Fighters fan? I mean, there's a couple of songs I enjoy. I know Dave Grohl is like super famous and does like a lot of awesome work. But at the end of the day, would you ask me to go to a Foo Fighters concert? Probably not. Yeah, well, they're expensive too. So, and I did see him live. Fun fact. Um, I don't know how fun it was, but there you go. <laughs> and, um, I was gonna say, and actually, I was really annoyed because Dave. I felt like Dave Grohl just kind of fucked around half the time. Like he would just like not play songs. He would just be talking, and he'd be like, "Are you guys ready to rock?" And he'd be like, "Woo!" And then he'd be like, "I mean, are you guys ready to rock?" And they'd be like, "Woo!" he just do that like five times and he just dragged on it's like dude play the fucking song like jesus you know yeah that can get annoying the first couple times all right keep going doing that you're just annoying yeah literally they played the song i was waiting for was best of you they played that like their last song and basically by the time i'd like finished the song i was like gonna head out because it was pretty late literally like from the time that they got to the point that i thought was the end of the song and i left to the point that I was outside of the actual like arena, they were still playing the fucking song because they were just like dragging it on, you know. That's a good like three minute walk right there, dude. More than th- well, at least like five. On the arena. It was uh, Wrigley Field, Chicago. Oh, that's really small then. Well, it took me a long time to get it. It took at least like five minutes because it was crowded, and I don't know. I was I was like in the nosebleeds. Yeah, but I mean, it's a small baseball park in the sense of like it's like. Pretty much the sidewalk is right by the entrance. Oh yeah. No, that was a fun f- funny thing too, because I uh I brought my backpack and usually if you bring a backpack to a concert, you think it's fine, right? Because you just put in coat check or anything, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Didn't allow backpacks. Just like straight up would not take them in. Oh gosh, no. I'm but her about Oakland Coliseum where they won't allow me bottle unopened bottled water uh in their venue, whereas like every other venue had allowed me before that. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I don't really care about the water thing too much. Water's hella fucking expensive. Just drink a lot before you go. Then pee it out in the venue. It's fine. Then I then I miss the concert. Got to pee. What about the... There's water fountains. Ew. <laughs> oh, damn. Mr. Uh, too good for public... Uh, public... What do you call those? <laughs> fountains. Fountains. I want herpes. Uh, I think you're good, man. I've used fountains my whole life, and thus far, have only had like three or five cold sores on my lips. <laughs> well, good for you, buddy. Sorry, you're eating your whole dinner on this episode, aren't you? It's like I keep laughing because I've actually time you spent answer, like the first forty minutes before this not eating. I don't know. The first thing, the first like minute of the podcast, I think I asked you a question. It sounded like you were slurping. <laughs> I swear I've not been eating at least for the first like 30 or 40 minutes of this. No, you're eating soup right when we started, you said. Yeah. Yeah, that's eating. <laughs> in the 30 in the first 30, 40 minutes. But I wasn't. But you said you were. What? 
You were slurping in the first minute of the episode. You had soup, remember? I don't recall this. Jesus, your short-term memory is better. You said that's why you brought up the story about your finger. You you bled for this because you got soup. Oh, because you made a comment saying that if there's a random awkward pause or something like that. No, before we start recording, you were like, I had to get soup. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I know that debate must have been super exciting for the uh, listeners. But uh, yeah, that was my I, that was another I'll die on this hill opinion. <laughs> you were eating soup at the beginning of the episode. Pretty much. But super no, important. Um, wait, what were we talking about? Before? Food fighters. Yeah. Bleeding yeah. Water. Yes. Uh, yeah. The other thing I was going to say is that Dave Grohl, um, you know, like you said, he's pretty famous. You see him in the news a lot, right? Yes. At least in the rock community. Yeah, exactly. And he's kind of known as like nice guy, Dave Grohl. That's kind of a title he's had. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. Cause he like, there was like a thing in the news that he uh, was at a restaurant and the, the, the check was $333 and he tipped $333 to make it 666. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So stuff like that. But uh, it bugged me because he did this interview like in the 90s. He was on Dennis Miller's show. Do you know Dennis Miller? Not familiar with the guy at all. He's like a political. He used to be a comedian. He's kind of, I want to say Bill O'Reilly-esque, but not fully in that camp. You know what I mean? He's a lot more likable, I think. But uh, yeah, basically, Dave Grohl was on that, and they asked him about music piracy. And he's like basically saying like he's a fan of it, and he thinks like music should be shared and whatnot. And then he was like, He's like, I don't want to have to put a nickel in the radio to hear fucking Metallica. And he's like, and if you're bitching over pennies, fuck you, man. And everyone's like, Woo! like super excited. He gets this huge applause break because, you know, it's just all just people like getting shit for free or whatever. And they think he's this like big messiah who's like promoting it. But then like years later, he wrote this like open letter to Metallica saying that he's their biggest fan and he'll always be there to support them, etc. blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you fucking phony. Like, you, like, basically said fuck them in the 90s and now you're trying to buddy up to them and seem so nice. Like, I don't know. Bothered me. Hey, this goes back to the point we made. People are just in it for whatever they can get out of it. What do they he? I don't know what he can get in this case. A little publicity. So, like, I mean, like, because I recall that bands make a good chunk of their money on concerts, so... The more you like the guy, the more you're likely to go check out him in concert and buy his be. stuff alternatively. That could be the case. I don't, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the type that would like strategize like that. He just seems like the guy that was lucky to be the drummer of Nirvana and then has had that reputation pretty much ever since. And Foo Fighters can write decent songs and he'll still be coasting on that, you know? Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Like the guy could still be a greedy money whore. I, well, I don't. I'm saying he could be. Doesn't mean he is. We're gonna we should get Dave Grohl on the podcast. I'm sure this is gonna go viral. Us taking taking a slam, taking a hit at Dave Grohl. That's gonna go viral, right? Watch us become super famous, and we finally do have him on on our show. And then it's like, oh yeah, let me play a clip from before. And I'll be honest with you, I am still not a big fan of you. But hey, well, welcome be, to the show. It'd be the same thing because he basically said fuck Metallica, and then he's like friends with Metallica now, so it's the same thing, right? I mean, they probably water under the bridge. Like, there's the one where um, uh, there's an actor called Simu Liu who called out Mark Wahlberg for assaulting, I think, some Vietnamese guys, like, early back in the day. And he called him out on Twitter. But then now he has a movie planned with him. And he, t- he deleted that tweet. And so we called him out for it. And he responded with, well, right now I'm trying to not have it affect my working life in a sense of, like, I understand that this has happened. This is definitely factual. This did happen. But at the same time, as a goodwill, especially right now, as we are now 
officially co-workers i want to um what do you call it? have us to be on good footing damn sounds like he caved a little bit there not gonna lie sounds like he picked a career no exactly that's what i'm saying is that like as much as i like the guy right now he's in the new shang chi movie he kind of did in my opinion cater to it and if he made the statement of like i am definitely talking to him about it like yes i delete as a gesture of goodwill but nonetheless uh, I am also still talking to him about it and asking how has he how does he feel about it and whatnot. Mm. Like that would have been different, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe he would have a good answer, but he could at least just like make up something and be like, "I had conversations with him, and he explained me like some background that I didn't understand, and I can learn to forgive." You know, if he gave something like that, at least that's kind of an acceptable answer. You know? Yeah, yeah. like he addressed it instead of like being around the bush. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, I actually got. If it's any consolation, I think uh, the Asian guy apparently reached out to Mark Wahlberg and like totally forgave him. Is that really what he did? Yeah. Oh, no, like sure. the guy who assault they got assaulted. Yeah, because uh, it's fun. I got in like a huge YouTube argument with some idiot over that because I got really annoyed because Mark Wahlberg. I remember hearing that and thinking it was fucked up because part of the story initially was that he made the guy go blind. You know what I mean? Like right. his his beating was what actually made the guy go blind. So I wasn't sure about that, but uh, I was just annoyed because Mark Wahlberg was on Conan once and he was talking about how he's like his girls like love uh, One Direction. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to beat the shit out of One Direction. And it's like for me, normally that'd be fine. But the fact that he actually has a history with it and like claims to be a better person now who doesn't abuse people like like I don't think you like you can joke about that. You know what I mean? That joke sounds differently from a guy who actually used to do that and is like claiming to be this like rehabilitated better person, you know? yeah definitely yeah so it bugged me and then i got in this huge debate with all these fucking mark Wahlberg fangirls who were like no he's awesome because he's famous and i love him and blah blah i can't do anything wrong so i got annoyed and uh that's why i knew more about the thing but then i did later hear that the asian guy did forgive him at least and uh apparently he confirmed that his eye was already like messed up before his interaction with mark Wahlberg. so hey well at least it's like how much called amends are made but it doesn't mean like I still don't think I think Mark Wahlberg's still pretty fucked for that. You know what I mean? Like I like the the guy because I could have been messed up and Mark Wahlberg could have done a bad thing. And even though Mark Wahlberg didn't cause the eye, we could these can still be separate events where you can still say Mark Wahlberg's still more in the wrong, you know? Oh no, he's absolutely in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, like, but the thing is that it's like that's great improvement in the sense of like he forgave him, but I'm hoping that Mark Wahlberg apologized as well and paid for his medical bills down the road or whatever right something to make amends i don't know make if he ever full. did i don't know if he ever offered to help with a guy i could be wrong on that maybe we should look that up but probably I should do, look into that but he did the thing that bugged me is he specifically wanted it taken off his record you know what i mean so it's like he wanted it taken off the record and if he didn't offer to pay then he's kind of like wanting the reputation the good reputation back without doing the work for it you know i'm like totally reading into this now you're gonna look it up yeah, so then 15-year-old, he chased down three black children yelling, kill the end person, kill the end person, and throwing rocks at them. Um, so he did do that. And his second attack, no, he assaulted 17 years old. He assaulted a middle-aged Vietnamese American and started yelling at him with swear words. He then attacked a second man later, punching him in the eye. And was arrested and returned to the scene of the first assault. Uh, Are you on Wikipedia? <laughs> I am on Wikipedia. Are you reading it as well? Yep. 
<laughs> he was charged with attempt murder, attempted murder, pleaded guilty to felony assault, and was sentenced to two years in jail, but served only 45 days of his sentence. Okay, if you skip to 2006, I think this is the part I was talking about. He said, Wahlberg said the right thing for him to do would be to meet with the man and make amends, though he had not done so. In 2016, while requesting a pardon for his conviction for the assault, Wahlberg said he had met with him and apologized for those horrific acts. Uh, the man released a public statement for giving Wahlberg. Okay, okay so he, he apologized. He met with them, but yeah. I'm. Sh- this is a like minor thing, so at least he did meet with them, but... I don't know. My cynical nature just thinks he only met with him just so we can like have a better case for like having his like record wiped clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. So I've kind of never really liked Mark Wahlberg ever since then. And I, I don't know. You always kind of you didn't have a super likable vibe to him before. You know what I mean? Like I think he's funny and like the other guys, but eh, he's, I don't know. Not not a, the most likable guy from what I. Get. He had solo singles. Yo. It's about that time. That song? Have you heard that one? I don't remember, but I didn't know he had it until like just now. He has Good vibration. Four. I'm gonna play it. Hold up. <laughs> he was in a like a group, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That was literally the name. Oh, I see it right now. See also Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and Prince Ital Joe. I can't hear any of that. You couldn't hear it? I couldn't hear any of that. Was it too far? I don't recall any of that. (laughs) That cracks me up. Just like, you could hear it so distinctly. It's his voice. Like, man, that's so funny. Oh, anyways. Yeah, so... I don't know how we got in this topic, but here we are. Mark Wahlberg and Asian people. I think apologizing with the whole Dave Rawl thing. Oh, yeah. No, that, that sounds about right. But anyways, I think we've talked long enough about this. What's your uh, your last one, Ja? My last one? All right, all right. So how do you eat your noodles, specifically ramen? It's... I don't really eat ramen, to tell you the truth. You bastard. <laughs> anyway, so apparently the proper way of eating ramen is that you don't really cook it all the way where it's soft. Like... Uh, pasta or something like that. You apparently cook it in a way where it's like it's still chewy. Okay. Is and, that a name? Is there a name for it? Uh, al dente, I think. Al dente. All right, I can dig it. Uh, I think that's like the the term for it, I guess, in English. I don't know if what it is in Japanese or whatever. Okay. But um, so for me, it's like when I make a cup of noodles, I like it soft and cooked. So it's like okay, I can like slurp it off and stuff like that. Not necessarily add the fucking chew it. And so. For me, with given that statement just now, I prefer my ramen soft, though it may not necessarily be traditional in that sense, but it's how I prefer it. And if you go to any ramen place, they'll ask you like how, like what level you want to cook it, soft, uh, half cooked or whatever, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just get soft. And so I had a conversation with a friend about it and she looked like she was fucking offended where it's like, how, why would you want it soft? And I'm like, why do you want to chew? If you want to chew, why don't you just eat it raw and not cook it at all? That's more crunchy than chewy, I'd say. She wants, it, it was weird. And it's like, oh my gosh, I like offended her or something. Um, it was a friend. Call her out. Put her Twitter handle up. <laughs> I don't think she's even on Twitter. But yeah, so 
so I stand, but apparently the more I learned about it, apparently a lot more people do enjoy the half cooked aspect of it. And if, and I've tried it once and honestly felt like I might as well have just eaten this like uncooked if I did actually wanted to chew because that's actually a a legitimate snack, Mm. like in Japan (laughs) where like they make the noodles crunchy. Mm. It, It was just uncomfortable to eat. I'm like, why, why would I want to like, sit there and actually exert myself on something like this this kind of reminds me of almost like a medium rare well done like kind of preference you know but that makes more sense because like the medium rare or like cooking a rare actually tastes good generally for most people you know yeah so for that it's like you could definitely taste the difference of like how it's cooked whereas this is this one's like there's really no taste it's literally just the texture because the taste yeah. is all within the broth or the the meat or the uh, egg or other toppings that you add to the ramen. Yeah. And so for this, it was like, I have no idea why you're so offended and annoyed by this. But you know what? I'm going to go for it and stand by it. I prefer it soft. <laughs> That's a real brave stance you're taking. So many people would just not be on board with that, I'm sure. No, it was just really annoying, that conversation. But yeah, I stand by it 100% yeah okay yeah i think have you ever cooked spaghetti and you just like don't have the noodles in there long enough and they came come out a little crunchier like not as soft as you have hoped you know yeah yeah i feel like that's the closest i can get to you know because i ate spaghetti almost every other day feels like because it's easy and tastes uh pretty pretty all right but um i i, I mean know. for me my experience is like okay well when i'm eating pasta or spaghetti that's cooked all the way when I'm eating rice that's cooked all the way, unless I'm eating fried rice, then yeah, that becomes crunchy. I'm not eating fried noodles right now. I'm eating something that is literally soaking in broth. Yeah. So like to me, it's okay. Well, I like it this way. So what? It's like, no, nah, 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 I don't know why you like to eat baby food. I'm going to eat it like where I can chew. Well, I okay. do. <laughs> I do get really annoyed when people have that kind of like smug stance, like you're not eating this food or like, you can't do that. Or like, why do you like that? Like not even to a, like agree to disagree or like, Hey, whatever makes you happy degree, but to like a, where it just gets uncomfortable or like the vibes weird. Does she kind of have that vibe? It just sounded really annoying when she said it. And every time we eat ramen, I don't, it, it, it gets kind of annoying. Mm, so she wasn't like pissed. She was pissed. It was just like, why do you do that? Like, what is wrong with you? Oh, that's easy. You just make fun of her for something else she does. Easy. It's funny because like when I try... Okay, so there's a couple things to that. One, it's that when I do try to make fun of somebody, I have a hard time trying to not make them cry on purpose or making like a comeback that's really too weak or she gets way too like annoyed with my comments and then it just irritates her more. We should do a roast. Let's do a podcast episode where we just try to roast each other. (laughs) Oh, it's just going to be me swearing. (laughs) That's not, that's, it's, not even, that's, it's not even good. It's not even a good comeback. It's just like, literally, I will want to just attack you emotionally to make you cry. So when you say attack, you just mean swear. Like it's not like you're saying anything personal. Oh no. I might just say personal things. You might just say personal things. Well, depends what we're, who it is. <laughs> I can't get a gauge. on how you answer questions sometimes. So is it cursing or is it personal things? Cause you said it was cursing a second ago. Okay. So I think it'd be both. Okay. All right. But let's yeah, do but that, huh? let's do that that'll be our next oh my episode. gosh that's not <laughs> you ever, do you watch roast ever i find them really weird 
Like, hey, so it's like, for example, oh, we're going to roast Justin Bieber. But while we're doing that, we're going to roast everybody else 90% of the time and roast Justin Bieber 5% of the time. That is true. Yeah. And well, so yeah. when I watched my first roast, I'm like, wait, I'm here to watch this person get made fun of, not everyone else to get made fun of literally 90% of the time. Yeah, it's true. So I, I guess get that. Yeah, I guess it's easier when there's already people on the panel that you don't like. For example, Amy Schumer. <laughs> oh, that's great. She was uh, the roast of Charlie Sheen, I think. She was one of the people on the panel. I think I showed you that clip. Do you remember the Steve-O clip? Yes. Yeah, that was uh, for anyone who doesn't know. She like, I think the reason that I didn't like her from the get-go is just she had this like really mean spirited joke. It wasn't even funny. It was just like kind of a low blow because he had, had a friend that passed away at Ryan Dunn and then Amy Schumer made a joke about Ryan Dunn, just in not a tasteful way, just like not that funny. Like if it was funny, it'd be a different picture, but this was just kind of like, he's at a sensitive point and he like didn't look happy about it. It was like, really like didn't laugh and just kind of looked like that hit him a little harder. And uh, later she was like, I'm not going to apologize for that joke. And then like, at the same time, she was privately telling Steve-O to like, tell us like to have him tell his fans to like it, like, forgive amy schumer like let her let it slide you know for her you know but um i don't know i just oh, didn't like fuck that. that yeah i don't know that's just trying to play like oh i'm so tough and then secretly being like can you have your fans like can you like get them off me you know i hate that yeah no fuck that um yeah. but yeah so that's my stance on eating noodles i'm gonna get soft and i'm gonna get double portions of that shit the real brave stance you're taking Hell a lot yeah. of a lot of soft noodle people are gonna really find this podcast a comforting thing. Oh yeah. Damn all right. Straight. So yeah, I think we're uh we've said all that needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, so what do you guys think for our like two or three listeners who probably will message me later about your opinions <laughs> on where so you stand out. on these things? What do you think about music piracy? What do you think about how you eat your ramen? Let us know. I don't know. Subscribe, give me money, I don't care. Yeah, what else do you want to say, Vince? Uh, WandaVision finale's tonight. We'll see how that goes. Um, oh, is it tonight? Not, okay, cool. Well, not expecting, I can start watching it. Tonight is at midnight. Also, I'm going to call it, but I think Rise Against are releasing a new song tomorrow and details on their new album. Oh, a ton of people right now are like releasing like teaser singles right now. Yeah, they've done a thing. I don't know if you've seen their Instagram lately, but they keep doing like these vague, ominous images that just says riseagainst.com for the past two weeks. So I'm like, that means a new album is coming out, right? usually yeah so i think tomorrow tomorrow would make sense because they've literally been doing it for two weeks so it's like how much longer can you do it you know what i mean like you can't just tease for like more than two weeks i think and friday totally makes sense to do it right yeah all right so on that note hoping that comes out so uh yeah i'll be happy otherwise um god bless hope you get the vaccine soon and um stay safe take care everybody bye